1: Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos, and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gamblers' help, call 1800 858 858.
0: The other key move this morning is Leon Cameron has uh, signed with the Sydney Swans to head up the the much-vaunted academy in the Harbour City, so staying true to the ideals of staying in Sydney for another year. Leon's been part of our team since departing the the coaching position at the Giants. Leon, great to have you on Crunch Time, and congratulations.
2: Yeah, thanks, Jared. It's good uh, listening to your uh, discussions on dance moves there, boys. (laughs) But, um, yeah, no, it's really good. It's exciting, and, um, yeah, it it allows us to to, to remain in Sydney with the family and... uh, which was always the plan, and, uh, you know, get the opportunity to uh, work with, uh, you know, clearly, you know, one of the the very, very good clubs in the competition. And um, so, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Describe the role for us, Leon. Yeah, so technical director, it's a a new role. And so across, clearly, the academies, um, you know, from um, 18s, 16s, 14s and 13s, um, working closely then leads into the VFL program as well. And just a little bit of uh crossover into the AFL but more the Academy stuff. Um so you know, we were gonna work work our way through it starting in about probably, you know, three or four weeks time and uh, and see where that leads to. And uh but when when you know, when I got the opportunity to to work with the Swans it was um a no brainer in the end and um yeah, it's uh, it's exciting times and uh looking forward to it. So
0: in that is on the decision uh, to, to take the year as as you were planning to. Did, did you have a conversation with Essendon?
2: Yeah, I had a chat with Josh on uh, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, it was just a, a good 10, 15-minute chat. Uh, you know, we played with each other at the Bulldogs, so we know each other quite well. And um, just had a chat and I just sort of informed him and sort of said that, you know, I was going to stay in Sydney and um, thank him for the for the opportunity to talk, but um, it's just the timing's not right. I, You know, I really wanted to use the next 12 months to reflect on, you know, what happened in the previous 10 years uh, as a senior coach at the Giants and work on the things that, you know, I'm good at and strong at and also reflect on the areas that you want to improve at. So just, just did a did you
0: coldly ask yourself the question, did you look in the mirror and go, do I want to try to give myself a chance to coach Essendon?
2: Oh, I think when you um, you sort of can't half go into any job um, at the highest level as we know, and um, you know I just kept on looking at myself and saying, "Oh, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I need to reflect." I love the game. I love footy. I love coaching, but I can't go in at ninety five percent. Um, clearly, you look at it and you want to throw your hat in the ring. Some part of your brain goes, "You want to throw your hat in the ring," but then the other part goes, "No, you know, some family commitments here." you know uh sydney's a really good spot where we're we're embedded here at the moment uh with schooling for the kids but and so all those things go through your head and uh having that chat to josh but you know just constantly keep waking up and saying no um be true to yourself reflect um spend some time um building on uh, areas that you want to improve but equally keep working on strengths that i'm you know think that i'm really good at and in anticipation for, for what happens in 12 or 24 months time and uh I'm I'm really lucky and extremely lucky to do that at the Sydney Swans in this new role.
1: Can you comment on their approach to go through a process like to, to get someone like yourself or Ross Lyon? You probably need to you know give them the job essentially if that's what you are going to do, rather than put someone like you through the process. Can you comment on whether that would be the right pro- approach for where Essendon are at, Leo?
2: Look, Kane, I think uh, I think they are absolutely doing everything right. I mean, I. I for no for not one bit did I think that if I was ready to go, to go through a process, whether it be and any footy club to go through a process to win the senior job, that I would start from scratch and away I go. Now, I know there's some people who will comment, and we've just seen Alistair Clarkson being courted by the North Melbourne Footy Club. There's some extreme circumstances. But they're looking for the coach, they're going for the market, and everyone needs to go through that. Whether they start at step one or step two into step three, uh, that that had no bearing on my decision. Mine was just purely just, hey, if I was ready, 12 months' time, I'm full on. If that means I start at step one, I start at step one. And, uh, you know, I applaud Essendon for going through that. They will find their, their coach um, through that process. And um, as we know in football, everything lo- always looks dire, but things turn around really, really quickly. Um, but I really applaud what they're doing.
0: Mm. Leon, um, everyone always says how draining uh, being a head coach is. Did you contemplate either having a, another year out and just going into the media, or was your passion to be continue to be a coach, to jump into the academy role? Um, were you tossing up which way
2: to go to spend more family time in the media, or, or were you that passionate to go back in as a coach? Well, I think that this new role, Hodgie, it's a really good question. Um, I come back to, I just, you know, I love coaching. I've, I've done it for 20 years, 10 at the highest, and, you know, prepared myself as an assistant coach for 11 years before getting that Giants job, and I sort of, reflecting over the last couple of months, I wanted to get in. I didn't probably want to jump in full on into the AFL program. This job allows me to, you know, really work on areas and and see another side of of AFL football. And the Academy at the Swans has been running for, you know, up to 10, 12 years. And so seeing that firsthand allows me to get back into footy um, as well as clearly still being able to live a life as well. Um, You're not at the forefront like a... Know a John Longmire or a senior assistant coach where you're 60, 70 hours a week, um, but equally you're around a, an organisation like the Swans learning and, and, and understanding um, what their club is about and what they can do. And I'm always a massive believer wherever you go, you can improve and learn. And um, as I said, you know, I feel very privileged to, to take up this role and allows me to develop myself leading into my 50s and see where that leads to.
0: What was your perception of the Swans Academy when you're across town with the Giants mm. and the way that it was set up and the way that it has uh, it has provided the Swans with players consistently, which I'm sure is an integral part of this quick rise back up the ladder?
2: Yeah, look, it's a really good question, Jared. And Look, no doubt that I've done a wonderful job. You know, you talk about Heaney, Mills and Gilden and Campbell and... Blakey and a lot of these kids that have come through the academy and, and at the Giants is the same thing. I mean, cracking in uh, to, to crack the code at AFL Football in New South Wales and Hodgie, you would have seen it in Queensland as well. The academies play a huge role because there's just not, you just can't roll down the street and see football to the right or to the left playing every weekend over and over again. So the talent up here is at a lesser level and our job is to make sure once you get that talent is to develop and nurture it and they've done a really, really good role. I mean, clearly, you know, they've got a prelim final next week and those guys that I mentioned, they're playing a huge part in the Swans' climb back up the ladder in such a short amount of time. I mean, looked like they bottomed out for two years, but, uh, you know, here we see, uh, you know, a few years later, they're, they're competing for a spot in the grand final and, and no doubt nurturing that talent is going to help, you know, the Swans, um, you know, progress or stay up that uh, high end of the ladder in the, in the near future.
1: What's your view on two midfielders in their prime leaving the 16th ranked side and joining a team that's won three out of the last five premierships?
2: Leon, can't be good for the game, can it? It's a real interesting one, Kane. I mean, look, clearly being there and really close at the Giants and knowing those two boys, um, you know, one you know, clearly come out of the Giants Academy, one's from Melbourne. Um, it's a really hard one. It's an interesting one because oh, there's, there's, there's arguments for both. I mean... You don't want to restrict player movement because we've brought in free agency, and you know we know about the trade, we know about the draft. You don't want to restrict free agency, but if a player or two players happen to decide that they want to go, and this is a unique set of circumstances, they're trying to get to the same club at once. It's just probably a little bit unheard of. On the other side, when you what you're saying, Kane probably is, you know, a side that finishes sixteenth loses two guys that one's one a best and fairest and one's finished in the top four probably three or four times in the last four or five years it doesn't seem right I don't know the answer but uh, um, you know I know there was talk last week about having young kids especially interstate kids that move up um, extending their draft years out from two to three years and make it mandatory to allow that development to happen before making decisions on some of these kids Um, I really support that you know I'd always supported that if you could have young kids that are drafted to footy clubs, especially in the state, sign that contract, and it's a three-year deal, and then you have the opportunity to either, okay, move or stay once you've seen that club. I think two years is just a little bit too short, and you're making decisions on these kids when they haven't even really started scratching the surface.
1: Yeah, Tanner Bruin is going to be another good example of that. Jackson Haley in the past. You know, Jack Gunson has left Adelaide before three years, so it's a, it's a good point that you make. What's the value of these two midfielders? You've you've set the the, the trade value. I think with Trelaw with two first round picks, Dylan Shield, two first round, Jeremy Cameron, three first round. How can Richmond possibly get this done? And how hard do you expect the Giants
2: to negotiate? Oh Look, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's going to be interesting trade week, no doubt. And um, having this, um, you know, come across uh, this year will be just. I mean, it's there's no precedent. You can't look back and say, "Well, two players going to one club at that high level, where do you go?" I mean, no doubt there's going to be picks, and you just talked about the picks. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some players in in play there, and I mean, that's up to the you know the Giants and and the Tigers to work out. But to, to try to bundle up a package to make sure that that works for both clubs, clearly it's going to have to be a combination of picks and a player or two.
0: Do do you worry, Leon, that this will always be the Giants' fate? You you lived it in cycles, whether it's a three-year cycle, that there's a degree that it will be, um, there'll always be a group of players who cycle through and then get, like it's a special part of the football economy. Seven years for these players in normal circumstances, there's no way either of these two players ever sees seven years. But by virtue of being drafted to the Giants, they either have to get it to stay or they get it to be blasted
2: out. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't think it's one particular thing. You know, I think there's, you know, management of salary cap, which we've known that, you know, there's been, that's a tough being here in New South Wales or Queensland, keeping players that retention and keeping them from going back to Victoria, South Australia or, or wherever. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and I too, I mean, it has been the last four or five years, it has been tough at the club because of losing players like Cameron and, you know, talking about Hopper and Taranto and Corbill and these guys. You, you don't want that, and I don't know the perfect answer how you can actually stop it other than sort of start up again and, you know, knowing how you manage your salary cap, how you can get players up here that are invested in, in, in moving away from home and living in Sydney. There's, a, there's an art to it. It's a really hard one. I mean, we're watching the side at the moment, the Swans. I mean, that's why the academy is so important, having players from home grown, um, from New South Wales, that probably, you know, probably don't want to stay. Sorry, want to stay, but don't want to move down to Victoria. So, it's a combination of three or four things. It's not one particular thing. It's, it doesn't look great for the game. You don't want kids being developed at the Gold Coast Suns or the Giants, two startup clubs, and then all of a sudden they get to their peak, five six years in, and then bang, they're gone, five six seven year deals back to Victoria or wherever. So. I don't know the perfect answer on that guys it's, uh, you've probably had some thoughts but it's a really hard one to answer.
0: We're going to debate that uh, once we finish this conversation Leon. So just give us a, a word on last night. I think we're we all left a bit shell shocked the MCG last night full of admiration for Chris Fagan and, and his Lions and um and dealing with the reality that the defending premier has been bounced in straight sets.
2: Oh look it was a wonderful effort wrapped for Fags um you know clearly you know they came into the final series under the under pressure uh, at that time of year and last week was you know was unbelievably close when they beat richmond but to get one at the mcg which has been a tough hunting ground for them in the last you know seven or eight years was just a remarkable effort and after half time, their pressure was elite and uh and clearly if they can grab that and take that and harness that into the game against geelong next week we all know prelims are the hardest games to win they are the hardest games to win and uh They've got a massive chance and, um, you know, rap for Brisbane and, uh, you know, disappointing for Melbourne, clearly, because they probably went up into the game a lot banged up with Gorn and um, Petrarca and probably three or four others we don't even know about. But um, as you know, once you pick your team, all bets are off and um, Brisbane pounced on that and, you know, they deserve to go through the prelim.
0: Leon, it's great to have you as part of Crunch Time. Thank you. Congratulations on the appointment, and we look forward to joining you next Saturday in Sydney. We'll, we'll come up and we'll, uh, we'll sit with you at the SCG, and it'll be a, a stirring recall of a, a Swans uh, preliminary final that we haven't seen since the famous plugger behind. Uh, you ca- you're not allowed to wear the Sydney polo. That's my, only, that's my only demand, Leon, as we
2: come together next week. No problem. I'll come casual, guys. Thanks for your time. <laughs>